Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I brought on the Coda Yoda. <laughs> That's me. She's my partner, and we are very codependent. Uh, no, she has um, tackled codependency and uh, really flipped it on its head. And the way that she goes into it, because her training is in depth psychology, um, is really it's powerful. So I wanted to start with what codependency truly is, and uh, I will let her rift on that for a little bit. Yeah, so I think that the way that I talk about codependency... Wait a minute, I didn't even say your name. I mean, do I need an introduction? Yes. What is your name? Who are you? My name is Vanessa Bennett. I'm John Kim's baby mama, and we're in the car, so you might hear ways in the background. Uh, I am a licensed therapist myself. I'm also an author. And so I think the way that I talk about codependency is a bit different than what I've experienced anyway, other therapists talking about it. Uh, you know, myself and my, my business partner um, and best friend, Danae, we both, like you said, have a background in depth psychology. And so I mean, that means a lot of things, but one of the things that depth really looks at is the collective, right? It's a real understanding that you cannot remove the individual from the collective. And so I talk about codependency really as a societal issue. Um, And, you know, I think there's a lot of terms that pop psychology has kind of made almost annoyingly overused right like you and I talk about this John like narcissism you know everybody's a narcissist nowadays Um, and codependency feels a little bit like one of them too but the way that I see it is it's used incorrectly sometimes so I really say that we're all codependent we live in a codependent society codependency is how we are essentially taught that love should look feel smell whatever Um, and the easiest way to understand codependency is really this if you're good I'm good if you're not good I'm not good right so my sense of self my sense of worth my sense of goodness my sense of okayness is based outside of myself right it's based on something else it's based externally um yeah go ahead can one argue though that uh yeah as people who love and care about each other whether it's your family member or your partner um there's a level of being not good that is healthy right so like if Vanessa isn't good or if she's, say, depressed or going through something, uh, yeah, it shouldn't cripple my life. But, of course, I'm going to be thinking about her and I may not be the happiest because she's someone I care about and she's not doing well, right? So it's I, I just want to make sure that it's not completely black and white. Like, that doesn't mean I'm codependent. I, or at least if it does, I don't think that's an unhealthy codependency. Like if my mom's dying, right? She's not good. She's dying. There may be a winter that I go through because she's not doing well. It doesn't mean that I'm codependent. Now, if I'm at her side, I lose my life. I, you know, am not able to function. 
I mean, maybe death is is okay, but like, then that's a different. Then I think then that 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 is an unhealthy, uh, sticky, uh, dependent relationship, or can be. So I think that what you're speaking to is a very normal human desire for everything to fit into a box. Humans love for things to make sense, fit in a box. It's this or it's that. If it's not this, then it must be that. Like, that's a very normal way that we think about things. I would say that, yes, everything you said, yes. And um, the reason why I say we're all codependent is because there is a through line of codependency that we all have. Now, what I like to talk about is, is it the tail wagging the dog or is the dog wagging the tail, right? So how in control of you is it at any given time? It's kind of like saying that to a certain extent, we are all narcissists. Every single human being on this planet has narcissistic tendencies. That is a fact, right? And so when we throw around the word, oh, well, they're a narcissist, it's like, yeah, well, so are you. It's just how much is the tail wagging the dog versus the dog wagging the tail, right? So yes, to answer what you're saying, exactly everything you said is accurate. Um, but the reason why I talk about it like that is not to like minimize the term or not to even make the term so overused that it, it loses its power. It's, it's really to help people understand that when you get to the point of somebody externally controlling the way that you function to the extent that you do not have a sense of self, you do not uh, know how to self-soothe. You do not know how to be okay with yourself without somebody else helping you be okay, right? Because yes to what you're saying, and I mean, I've been in Al-Anon meetings where there have been parents there whose children are in that moment literally on the street and they don't know if they're alive or dead and they need to be able to be okay, those parents, right? So part of it is, Yes, of course, this is my child. I'm going to be gutted and it's going to be almost impossible for me to just, no one's saying pretend like everything is fine, but also I need to be able to, to a certain extent, continue to exist, continue to know that this is this person's path. This is this person's journey. It's not my journey. It's not my path. You know, a lot of, um, in, in AA especially, it's like, we have to allow people their path, even if that path is death. Well, with codependency, I think in relationships, because uh, I think we should, because if you're talking about, uh, say, a missing, your, your child is missing or, or you know, uh, uh, someone in your family dies, it's almost okay to not be okay as long as that is not your forever, right? Like, uh, but when we're talking about codependency in relationships, I think it's like a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when when a child goes missing or if you have any kind of huge life, uh, death, birth, some huge transition, I almost feel like I don't even think codependency fits. I think it's a it's a whole different. uh, I don't know if you can label that. Well, let me explain why they actually, in my opinion, are connected. So, again, if I'm looking at this from a depth psychological lens, I'm looking at that as a way that we as a society are very uncomfortable with death and things being out of control. Now, again, I'm not saying, oh, of course, if it's, I have a kid, if my kid were missing, I, I would be, you would not be, I would okay. be a fucking wreck, right? Obviously. But what I'm saying is that our cultural way of viewing being in control, not being in control, death, dying, all of these things 
is a way that we, it, it puts us into a state of panic. It puts us into a state of clinging. It puts us into a state of, I have to somehow solve this, control this, fix this. Rather, this is this person's journey. This is this person's path. I have no control over it in any way, right? And regardless of if there's hurt there, if I have no control, I have to somehow find peace in the fact that I have no control, right? So again, I'm not minimizing the the hurt and the suffering because to be clear, I would be a fucking wreck. I'll repeat that. But there's still, even in relationships and even in like somebody dying, there is still peace to be had or peace to be found around this is life, Life means death, right? Life includes suffering. I have no control over this circumstance or this situation. And can I find peace with that? Can I attempt to be with myself and and sit with myself through this pain without trying to fix it or change it or make it better? It meaning, I guess, the other person or the circumstance. Does that make sense? Yes, there's a lot of uh, acceptance. um, And it kind of feels uh, a little bit like Buddhism. Right, distance, acceptance, um, greater things at play, letting go of what you can't control. Yeah, except for I would say distance is probably not an accurate word because even in Buddhism, it's not about distance. You're in it. It's about acknowledging you're in it, feeling when you're in it, actually being very close and up, per- up and personal with it, but not allowing it to kind of take you for a ride. Right. So, so creating a relationship with something where you can say this is the thing. It's neither good nor bad. It just is. Right. It's part of the journey, if you will. Um, but I mean, listen, this is all theory, too. Right? Like I keep saying, I'll say it a million times in practice. If my kid was missing, I'd be a disaster. Right. So I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying this is, you know, I'm going to snap my fingers and suddenly this is how we're all going to function. It's it's a practice. It's a it's an attempt at a way of living, um, especially now if we're shifting into more of the relational conversation especially if we're talking about how do I live a life where in my relationships, I'm attempting to move towards more of a place of interdependence in my relationships, right? And so interdependence would say, you are your own sovereign being, I am my own sovereign being. We are not responsible, air quotes, we're not responsible for meeting other people's needs, expectations, wants, desires. I might do that for you out of my desire for love, but I'm not going to expect that from you. You're not going to expect that from me. I don't own you. You don't own me. There's no expectation, right, in relationships because expectations are not love. Well, what's the difference between um, a need, expectation, or the the the, the uh, unwritten contract? So, for example, uh, if two people are monogamous and one person decides to, to to cheat then that's they broke the contract like there is a need for for that relationship to be monogamous right the need to uh or or the expectation that maybe that uh, you're not going to go sleep around with other people like that's kind of the unwritten agreement So with expectations, yes, you don't expect other people to make you feel more confident. You don't have you should fulfill your own needs, but in every relationship isn't there a uh, kind of an understanding or agreement? Um, I don't expect you to make me uh, feel sexy, but if I was broken down on the side of the road, I called you at midnight, I would kind of expect you to help me if you <laughs> were, were still awake and you answered the phone. 
I mean, yes, and there's still an and to that, which is this is kind of the this is now we're getting into a conversation almost around like personal boundaries, like boundaries around self. So, yes, of course, I can say we're in a relationship. I quote unquote expect you to do things like answer the phone at midnight and come and, you know, help me. And if you don't do that, the codependent way of approaching that would be to kind of um, not only expect it, honestly, but also to be uh, holding on to that, uh, trying to control that, trying to fix that, being in opposition to this is who this person is. My boundary and my my kind of responsibility to self is to say, how am I going to respond if this person does not um, love me in the way that I hope to be loved, right? And so it's not about expecting someone to love you the way you want. It's saying, do I want to actively participate in the way that this person is loving? There's a difference. One is lined with control and expectation, and we are in relationship, so I am owed this. And one is I get to decide for myself if I want to participate in the way you are loving. Now, if this person's an asshole, then you get to decide if you want to participate in the way that they're loving. You don't get to say to this person, you're an asshole, you need to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C to not be an asshole and to be good to me. You get to decide, do I want to be in partnership with somebody who treats me this way? That would be the, the more kind of interdependent way of being in relationship with somebody. My, my role here on this planet is not to change you, mold you, fix you, expect from you. It is to see you as who you are and decide if I want to participate in that way of loving or not and vice versa, obviously, right? Now, like I said, this is a bit of a paradigm shift. So this conversation makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It ruffles a lot of feathers. I've had a lot of pushback. I'm okay with it. I'm here for it. Um, I do think that in many ways, because I come at love and relationships kind of already from, I don't know, I, I guess what I would say would be more of the avoidant side of attachment. I think that I can tend to fall into hyper independence a lot easier than codependence. And in saying that, because our society is so steeped in codependency, I've really come to understand that for a lot of people, what, what is dubbed as avoidant, I would actually say is a little bit more secure. Now, not all avoidance, clearly, there is such a thing as an avoidant attachment, and I'm here to say I typically have one. But I do think that once you start doing some work around healing the attachment styles and you do start coming at this from more of a place of security and like, I'm okay, I'm good, I've got me. You are the cherry on my Sunday. You're not my Sunday. You're the cherry on my Sunday. I am my own Sunday. And I start to see relationships less contractual, less like, what am I giving you? What are you giving me? What are my expectations? And I start to practice, again, there's that key word, I start to practice viewing you as your own person and not somebody that should be doing X, Y, and Z for me. I don't look at that as avoidance. I look at that as moving more towards secure. I mean, look, at you could read all about secure attachment. A lot of those ways are clearly listed in black and white that falls underneath that. But I think what happens is a lot of time because in our codependent society, it is this idea of, well, we made an agreement. There's a ring on my finger, whatever that is. And so here's what I'm owed. No one's owed anything. I'm not even owed this time with you, right? Like you could walk out tomorrow and get hit by a bus. Nothing is owed. 
And so it's a, it is a practice, and you're right, it does come more from the Buddhist psychology lens of how can I attempt to see every day, every engagement as if nothing is owed to me, how can I be present with exactly what is, hold it with reverence, attempt to check my expectations, my resentments, my, well, I'm owed this from you kind of feeling, and then move into a space of this is who this person is. This is how they show up and love me. Do I want to participate that in that or not? Since this is a premium episode slash series, so then my question to you is, okay, that's the definition, right? Starting with the macro, we are all codependent because of societal structure, programming, etc. cetera, uh, to a codependency uh, in our relationships. How does looking at codependency in this way help you, right? How does um, seeing codependency through this depth lens and through the collective, how will that help you mm-hmm. and your relationship with self, even though it, it can be challenging, of course? Right. So I'll, I'll answer that through the kind of doorway of one of the common pushbacks I hear, which is like, well, what about co-regulation? Co-regulation is a thing, right? So what you're saying is that you don't need anybody and we are social creatures. And of course we need other people. And I've heard this a lot, right? And that is all true. And co-regulation is a thing. What I would say is the reason why this is important to attempt to practice, attempt to kind of wrap your head around, understand The reason why this is going to be helpful in relationships is this. Yes, co-regulation is a thing. Yes, we need other people. But if you go, if I have gotten myself into a relationship where I need you in order to be okay, right? Whether that's I physically need you, whether that's I need you to tell me I'm okay, whether that's I need you to accept me, validate me, um, you know, see me, meet my needs, right? What happens if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? What happens, right? And so this is the really important component. It's not that co-regulation is not a thing. Of course it is. And it is a beautiful, wonderful thing to be in partnership and in relationship with other beings. And that means friendships too, right? Even familial relationships. And... If in any way it becomes an expectation or a necessity for me to need this person and all those things that I just listed in order to be okay, what happens when they're not there? That is an addiction. That is essentially what the definition of addiction is, which is why codependency is also looked at as an addiction. They're addictive behaviors, right? I need this in order to be okay. Just like Somebody needs Jack and Coke to be okay. It's exactly the same thing. It serves the same purpose, right? It, it numbs and soothes and hides. I don't have to then be okay with myself. I don't then have to do the work of self-soothing because I've got this person to make me feel less anxious and, and better about myself, right? So why is that good in relationships? Well, if I can show up in my relationships in a way that is not laced with expectation, need, I'm owed this from you. I'm going to be able to look at my loving relationships. And again, that goes for all relationships more through the lens of love is about what I can give, not what I can receive. 
right? So how can I show up and be loving regardless of if I'm getting this need met? Now, that doesn't mean be a doormat. That doesn't mean allow people to treat you like assholes, like I said earlier, because sometimes, this is another AA saying, the loving hand says no, actually. The most loving thing you can do sometimes is to say, the way that we're loving each other is not actually loving. This is not love. This tit for tat, I expect this, right? Resentment, like, is that really love? I don't think that's love, right? Sometimes love is to say, maybe we shouldn't be in this relationship right now. Again, not just romantic, right? Any relationship. So I think it's a paradigm shift in the way that we are able to show up in relationships, take accountability for ourselves, how we show up, what kind of resentments and expectations we should own, because whole other topic, that's what I always talk about with resentment. Resentment is yours, no one else's, right? And then how can I say, how can I be the best version of myself in this relationship and truly live from a place of love, not from a place of fear and control? Because that's not love.